Welcome back to the 76 Capital Sports Leadership Show. My name is Wayne Kimmel, Managing Partner of 76 Capital, the sports tech venture capital company. And on this show, I get the unbelievable opportunity to interview top sports entrepreneurs, athletes, and executives who are shaping and many times changing the overall sports industry. And today's guest is certainly doing that. Today's guest is Jason McElveen, the president of Kick Sneakers. And I'm really excited to talk to Jason about Kick Sneakers, all the things that he's done in his career personally, as well as what's next in the fast-moving sneaker industry. Jason, welcome to our 76 Capital Sports Leadership Show. Thanks, Wayne, for having me. I'm excited to, uh, to chop it up a little bit about sneakers and, and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it, it's just a fun topic. I mean, let's just start there. I mean, selling sneakers, being around sneakers, and it must be, it must be like a dream. Every day is a, a new dream it's, being around all this stuff. It, it's so funny because my, we've, you know, we've been working on this project, this company now since kind of January, February of this year. And my wife is like, I'm so happy it's sneakers. Like it could have been, it could have been anything else, but like sneakers are cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, it's amazing. And, you know, I think it'd be awesome for you to share with everybody, you know, tell it, tell everyone about kick sneakers. Like what's, what's it all about? So, yeah. So kick sneakers, we're based online. You can find us at kicksneakers.com. That's K Y X sneakers. And really our goal is, is it's simple, but ambitious. We want to be the most trusted source to buy used sneakers online. And we know that buying not only clothes, but especially used clothes or shoes can be tough because you don't actually get to hold it um, and, and see it with your own eyes in person or even smell it if you're into that. But, uh, but we want to make that process really easy. And we do that through our authentication, our photography. We have a team of professional cleaners that have over 15 years of, of combined industry experience. And so when you get these shoes, they are about as clean as they could possibly be. And, um, and we rate them also. We actually developed a, a kicks rating, and which is, which is way more elevated than the great, good, fair that you may see. But we literally broke the shoe down into five different parts and we rate each one of those parts individually. And then we combine that kind of in our, in our algorithm to give us the final rating. And our goal with that is to be objective. We can rate somebody's hokas that they've been training for a marathon in, or we can rate uh, a pair of, of Jordan ones that have been worn three times. And, uh, and yeah, we use all that information to, to create what we believe is a fair kind of standardized price. And um, we just want to make the process better and easier for everybody to buy used sneakers. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, I guess I should also probably mention, you know, 76 Capital is an investor in Kick Sneakers, and we're really proud and excited to be an investor in the company and, and backing you as the president of the company and, and, and really thinking about all the exciting things that are happening. But, you know, as my partner Chad loves to talk about is this rating system that you guys have created. And you talked about the five different parts of it. Maybe go into it a little more deeply and, and share that with everybody. Yeah, we have, uh, I can geek out on this a lot. So as we were developing this, there's, there's so many things that we had to look at. One was we didn't want to be so off the reservation that the rating that you see wouldn't make sense if you were to look at the shoe. We called it the sniff test, right? It's just like, 
if you were to look at a pair of shoes as a consumer for 10 seconds, what would be just your instinctual rating? And it was important to us that our rating was somewhere in the ballpark of that, right? Because if we're rating things a nine and you think it's a seven, well, there's a problem. But also if we're rating things like a six and you think it's a nine, that's too far too. And so we look at things like scuffs. Um, we look at things like maybe cracking paint or, or glue that's no longer doing the job of glue, uh, stains on the shoelaces, um, the star loss, especially on Nikes and how much grip has been worn or if there's heel drag, which is, you know, it's funny if you, if you look at someone's shoes, you can kind of tell how they walk because if you look at the back of them, you'll see like one heel will be more worn on the outside than the other. Um, hey, Jason, I, I got to interrupt for a second. You said to, you mentioned something that I know a lot about now because of you is the star, the star yeah. loss that you just maybe we go into a little bit further on what that is. Yeah. So there is, I'm wondering if I have, if I have a pair of shoes. Perfect. So if you're watching this on YouTube, right? So if you're on Apple podcast, sorry, you can't see this, but on the bottom of a lot of Jordans and Nikes, there's literally stars, right? And that's what a lot of the grip is made up of. And so I'm going to show my camera here, but you see these little ridges. Those are little stars. Now these shoes, they're mine. I'm a huge Lakers fan. Sorry, I know we got a little competition. We'll see each other in the finals maybe this year. But uh, I've worn these shoes probably three times. I only wear them for game days, big games. And so the star loss on these is, is very, very minimal. But a lot of, of sneakerheads, as we call them, or people who really know sneakers, is that's how they gauge a lot of the wear of the shoe. So if you don't see any stars at all, it's a very worn shoe. But it's very common to hear a seller say minimal star loss, which means that the stars are all there. Maybe they've just kind of lost like a little bit of the, the rigidness or the sharpness, but yeah, it's pretty funny. I'd never heard star loss. And then we start developing a rating system and it's like a huge component of it. Yeah. It's a, it's, it, it's such a big deal. And I, I, I love that. Well, thanks for teaching me um, about that. <laughs> so the, the five different areas, we want to just quickly run through that all the different areas and then how it all sort of, rolls into one score. absolutely so while i'm here youtube you're getting all the perks today so we have our upper here right and the upper consists of the main component of the shoe that you actually see uh the midsole is going to be this area right here which essentially attaches the bottom of the shoe to the top and then we have the tongues and the laces we consider these to be the most important aesthetic parts of the shoe because they're the parts that you see when someone's wearing them, right? So they're weighted a little bit heavier. Um, and then the next two pieces are the interior. So we can look into and we can look at, hey, are there any kind of fuzzies in there um, that we get rid of for you? Is there, if it's a lighter colored insole, what kind of staining is going on? Um, if there's an odor, we're either going to get rid of the odor or we're going to note that on our website. The last thing we want is for somebody to be like, these smell like they've been run in a marathon. And then the last component is the bottom, the outsole. I've worn these a little bit more than my Lakers. Um, so you can see there's a little bit, a little bit more star loss there. But yeah, so those are the five components, upper, midsole, tongue laces, interior, and the outsole. And we have someone in every pair of shoes who go through, they rate it. Um, and then we put that rating card up on our website. And what's cool, Wayne, is a lot of our customers that we've spoken to is 
we've we've kind of been like, hey, what led you to buy your shoes with Kicks? Because we're still like a really new company. And we asked them about the rating, like, did you use the rating to buy it? And I talked to uh, one of our customers last week and he was like, I went to the site, I went to the search page, I put in my size and then I put in the rating and I put in no less than an eight. He was like, that was just kind of my threshold. So he ordered two pairs of shoes, they come in and, and he said, now having seen the shoes and how you guys rate it, he was like, you guys are legit. So now when I go to the site, He's going to look for rating seven and up. So a lot of people are, are realizing that like, oh, they're actually being really honest and really transparent in the rating. Um, and so they're coming back and actually willing to go a little bit lower in that rating. That's a great story. It's a really great story. I mean, it, that's one of the things I know you've you've shared with us. I mean, you're getting great feedback from from all your customers. So, how does the whole the whole process work? So we talked. You talked about sort of the rating system of the shoe, but how do you get these sneakers? Where, where do they come from? Yeah, we have, we have a couple methods right now. One is we, we have a sneaker buyer. That's, that's his job, right? And so we go that, to That's market. a pretty fun job, right? right? Right, yeah. I hired him. I was like, hey, your job is to buy sneakers. Um, so we go to sneaker markets uh, like SneakerCon or GotSoul or some more local events. I mean, we're fortunate. We're in Los Angeles. We're in one of the, the sneaker capitals of the world. And so there's always stuff going on. Um, so between those and establishing relationships, we also have stores. Um, literally, I think we have stores from at least five or six states right now that on a monthly basis, we're ordering shoes from them and they're shipping them to us. Um, so if you do a little shout out to the sneaker stores out there, if you're, uh, if you want to look at partnering with us, please reach out. Um, we're always looking for great partners. Um, so we get uh, shoes that way. And then we just launched a few weeks ago, uh, we buy used sneakers on our website. So now we've got folks coming to the website who they can tell us what the sneaker is, kind of give us a little bit of a rundown on the condition. They send over some pictures and we make them an offer, whether it's cash that we'll pay you know, through PayPal or Venmo um, or store credit. And so those are the two main ways that we're, we're getting sneakers right now. So let, let's take it to the next step. You, yep. buy an, you buy a pair. They come in to the, yep. to so, the, to the yep. office. To the, you know, what, what, what's next? It's so, not, I would say like the, the plant, basically, right? I mean, it's the unbelievable, plant. the process. So, yeah, I'll run it through. And because we've kind of covered like the, 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 we've covered buying the sneakers now and we covered the rating, which is the very end. So the sneakers come in and then we take them through authentication process, which is headed up. We partner with Entropy, which has been in the authentication game for a really long time. They originated in like high-end handbags and stuff like that. And so we have this, this big box with a bunch of cameras in it. And we put the shoe in there. It utilizes AI technology. And we send it up into space. And then we get a result back, usually within five to 10 minutes, primarily AI. Um, although there is, they do have people kind of double checking and making sure that everything's in alignment. Um, and we do have a secondary method of authentication if for whatever reason, one of our sneaker cleaners or one of our guys is like, hey, listen, something just doesn't feel right about this shoe or, or we want a second opinion just for peace of mind. Then we've got secondary in-person sources that we'll go to. It's really important that the shoes that we're selling are real because that's what you're paying for. So after the authentication, we know it's real. Um, we'll go to the cleaning process and these guys will they'll take out all the laces. They're going to take out the insole. They're going to wash the laces. Uh, 
depending on the makeup of the shoe, whether it's, it's suede or leather, um, depends on how they're going to clean it. Um, the midsole, the outsole, if there's any, any gunk in the bottom or, or, you know, rocks wedged in there, there's some shoes that are super annoying. Um, we'll take care of that. And then we, you know, we have kind of an, an, an internal standard that we don't want to send anybody shoes that has someone else's hair in it. So as wild as that sounds, it's the truth of used shoes, right? But they've been worn. And so whether it's pet hair or human hair, it's like we get rid of all of that. We sanitize, we deodorize, um, we use like some UV rays to, to disinfect. And that's really, really important for us. Once it's done with the cleaning process, we take it over to Jared and photography and I call it the oven. And it's like bigger than an oven. It's like a big pizza oven. And it's our 360 photography. And every pair of shoes on our website, we have 360 photography so that you can literally rotate it around. You can zoom in on pieces of it. We don't want to hide anything from anybody. We're not doing like sexy, dramatic lighting. It is, we want you to see what you're getting. We'll also do a photograph from the top and the bottom. Um, once it gets done with photography, then it goes over to the rating where it gets rated. Um, we fill out the rating card that we send along with the shoe to the customer. Um, and we also upload that onto our website. And at that point, that's when we go to price it. And we use, we price depending on market conditions, availability. We factor in our rating to that. Um, and also just the overall, you know, sales velocity of the shoe new and used in the market. Um, and at that point we go live and it goes up on the website and we try to put new shoes up every day. Um, and then somebody buys them and then we ship them out. <laughs> that's a, it's a, it's an amazing process. Uh, it was, it was, it was awesome uh, to see it all in action when, when Chad and I were there in LA with you and, and seeing it kind of all happening. Um, and, and I love the, you know, it's just so interesting and in talking to the guys that are your cleaners um, and how, and as you said, how many years they've been doing this, they know so much about each sneaker. Um, and I think that's one of the, the real part of the part of the real magic here um, that you have people that are true experts in the sneaker game. It's I tell you, it's fun. And I think was it was it you who sent me the picture from the U.S. Open and, and yes. they had a Jason Marks. Right. So um, one of our cleaners, Joe Banks, comes from, you know, when Jason was really getting started with with his company. And I think like. I mean, Jason Mark is essentially the, the, the OG, almost built, I think, the shoe sneaker cleaning space. And Joe got his start out there. And I always tell this about Joe is I truly believe this guy was put on earth to clean sneakers better than anyone else. And that's truly, he wakes up and he's like, how can I get better at my craft? Where he's always like, hey, can we like order this and try this? And he's like creating new like tools and instruments to like clean shoes better. And, um, and so it's, it's pretty fun to, to work with people like that who truly want to be a master of their craft. Yeah. You know, Jason, it's been one of the things that it's, we've been so impressed with um, is is you and, and, and your, your team um, that have, have, have worked with you on this. I mean, maybe, you know, you talk about a couple of the different people, but, you know, maybe some of the, you can talk about some of the other team members that are, are really, you know, helpful in, 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 in making sure that everything is, is, is going right for you. 
You know, it's, it's funny, man. I've been reading a lot on, on teams lately and, and obviously, you know, you and I, we both come from sports backgrounds and it's so easy to, you know, look at teamwork. And, and the, the fact of the matter is you, you're only as good as your weakest link. And it's been really fun. Jared, who does our photography, I mean, he's done photography for StockX and he has done tons of photography on his own. And even recently, like we've been kind of cutting him loose a little bit more and been like, hey, like, let's do this. And he's like, can we get some plexiglass and can we get this kind of background? And the shots that he makes is they're incredible. And um, he actually did some really cool shots of some some pigeons, which are Jeff Staples shoe, um, who's one of our supporters. And uh, and it was cool to even get a shout out from from Jeff on social media uh, and seeing those those two pigeons that we have in our inventory. Um, and then we got younger guys like Justin, who just he loves sneakers, but he more than that, he just wants to learn about everything. So he he really oversees our inventory um, from the start to finish, from when it gets into our warehouse to when it gets listed and is really in charge of QCing all that. And he's the last person that really ships the shoes before they go out to the customer. And, and that's as simple as it sounds. That's one of the most important roles because that is the last check that we have before we either put a smile on a customer's face or we kind of ruin their day, right? And it's so fun watching him learn about all these different facets. And he's like, hey, I want to learn how to clean shoes better. You know, I want to learn about this. I want to learn about that. Um, and then Tony, our sneaker buyer, who probably has the most just brick and mortar experience. He used to be a buyer over at round two um, when it was around. And um, it's fun just learning all of his information and knowledge. And what's funny is like, I probably know the least about sneakers out of anybody in the office. But what's cool is, is we as a team, we all utilize our strengths and our deficiencies and we combine that into a really strong unit. I think we're even in the process of getting better at that right now and, and really truly figuring out how to, you know, open people up to, to use, utilize their strengths. Right. You know, you mentioned something I think was, was really important. And I remember, you know, we've had a number of conversations about this and we, I think we talk about the, that feeling that you have when you unbox something from Apple and that amazing feeling that you have when you get that. And you just mentioned it. It has hey, how when you, 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 when someone orders a pair of sneakers on kick sneakers and you want to make sure that they are, they're going to have this amazing experience. So, you know, how have you really built, you know, built that into the overall process so that when someone gets that box and what is it, what, you know, what do you want to make people feel and, you know, kind of what, what happens when that, when that gets opened? Yeah. I, I mean, this, I love this. I love the unboxing. And I remember when you guys visited uh, really, when we were very early on and we're like talking about, all right, what are we going to do when we unbox things and how are people going to feel and, um, and really taking those ideas and figuring out the best way to present it. The first thing, before you add any bells and whistles, in my opinion, is you have to deliver on the service that people are expecting to get. And so when they bought this pair of shoes, there can't be any hair in it. All the laces need to be laced up, any decorations, like all that, that's just like bare, bare minimum. 
And then aside from that, we have our kicks tissue paper. A lot of these are used shoes, right? So like the, the tissue paper maybe isn't in the original box or it's been ripped up. So we're like, hey, we want it to feel like someone is unwrapping a Christmas present or a birthday present, right? So we make sure that our tissue paper is in there, wrapping the shoes up. We, we have kicks air fresheners. I wish I had one with me right now. Um, this is probably my, as weird as this sounds, I kid you not, it's probably the thing that has brought me the most joy out of anything, out of anything that we've done. I don't know what it is, but we just have this kick sneaker and it's an air freshener. And every time I look at one, I just kind of smile. I don't know why, um, but I really, really love them. But it's been really fun to hear people like open their box and they, they smell like this fresh, this fresh scent from this air fresher. And hopefully it's cool enough where they'll put it up in the car. Um, but yeah, we put a couple stickers in there. We include the original rating card that we rated the card with. It just has like a little a message from us on the back because, you know, me personally, especially in this day and age, I think it's really important to know that there's, there's people behind this. It's not just like this automated robotic facility and we're just trying to facilitate commerce. It's like there are at least three, four, five pairs of hands that love sneakers, that want someone to have a great experience that are involved in this process. And so we have the person who rated it sign the rating card. We also had the person who cleaned the shoes sign the rating card. And it's like, you know, we want people to know that, that we're excited for them to get these shoes. And so if anything, I mean, chances are most of the stuff ends up in the trash, but hopefully for a moment, it makes them feel good for the actually getting sneakers on their feet. Well, Jason, you know, this is, this is amazing. And I'm so happy you're able to share all of this on our 76 Capital Sports Leadership Show. And, you know, want, want this, ama- want this, you know, this early success to really continue for you at Kick Sneakers. And I think that it's interesting, you know, to think about where we are within the the kicks sneakers business but this is not sort of your first time really doing something really special so i'd love to you know share a little bit of your background and how you know you and brandon kind of met each other maybe and then you know and all some of the the things that you've done athletically and also you know in the in the entertainment world man i it's it's so funny because I feel like I've led and I joke about people this all the time is I've led so many professional lives and I went to, I was a big tennis player. Um, and I was from seventh grade on, I was, I was hundred percent focused on tennis. And, uh, like in my seventh grade year, I was on the, I was in the starting lineup of the high school varsity team. So I was, you know, and I was a pretty high level and, and probably through my, my formative years, I just wanted to be a professional tennis player. I just want to be playing in the U S open right now. And, um, but there comes a point where you realize like, you know, I'm just not good enough. <laughs> like no matter how much I work and no matter how many serves I hit, I'm just not good enough, which, which, uh, you know, a lot of athletes are probably listening to this being like, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a crappy day. Um, but I did play tennis in college and went to Wofford college. I got a degree in finance. Mainly I picked finance because, I had no idea what I wanted to do and I didn't have to write a thesis. So I was like, and everything involves money. So worst case scenario, I'll I'll learn, I'll learn a little bit about some very practical things. And while I was there, um, I I played tennis, actually my senior, my freshman and senior year, I tore my ACL in my middle of my freshman year. And then I actually ran track 
my sophomore and junior year, which I never did in high school, but I was like, small school, why not? Let's go run some, uh, some sprints. Um, I actually, I thought about this today, Wayne, because I was like, I know he's going to ask me this. I actually was a part of the rifle team too in college. <laughs> and I forget about yeah. it now. And this, this is all going to start making sense as I tell you about my whole journey. But I was a part of the rifle team. I don't remember how. I, I joined the rifle team. I think I heard like, we have a rifle team. And I was like, why not? And so I learned about that. My, my rifle's name was Excalibur. I don't think I was really that great, but it was fun to do for a year. I got a sweatshirt. Um, and then I did cross country for a season. So technically I played, I was, I was a four letter uh, athlete. Go figure. That's amazing. <laughs> so yeah. And right? you got the sweatshirt, you know, that's so important. I got you know? the sweatshirt, you know, um, it was wild. It was wild. I was on the rifle team. Um, they dress you up in like these, these, like, have you ever seen rifle competition? No, it's wild. It's like, they, they dress you up in like this thick suit. It's like a Barney suit. Cause ours were probably 20 years old and because they want to reduce movement. Right. And you like, you don't even hold the rifle. Like you'd actually be hunting. It's, it's weird anyway. So I graduate and, um, and I've always had an entrepreneur spirit. So something you don't know about me is I actually started my own company right out of college. And it was from a college project. It was, it was, a, it was called uh, Native Tongue Gourmet Sauces. And our, my first product was a Japanese pink sauce. It was like the stuff you find in like Benihana's, right? But at the time, it wasn't in grocery stores. And I was like, how is this not in grocery stores? So I, yeah, I, I found a co-packer and uh, I was in over 100 grocery stores with this product at one time. Um, and at the same time, I started working for a microbrewery, these guys I'd interned with RJ rockers, wonderful brewery in primarily the Southeast, but kind of on the East coast. And they hired me. I'm like 23 and I'm like, sure. <laughs> and, uh, I, I show up on my first day and I look around the office there's no one in the office. Okay. So I go in the back and I see the brewer. His name is Mark Johnson. And he was the owner, the founder, and um, the guys that, that hired me had come in and, and bought a piece of the brewery and partnered with Mark. So I look around and I'm like, all right, I don't see anyone else here. So I think by default, I'm the sales director. So I ordered some new business cards and here we go. I'm the sales director of, uh, of a microbrewery. You know, why not? You'll learn that my motto is just like, let's do it. And uh, why not? So I do that for a couple of years and, and I love it. I, I truly love the people I worked with. I love the people I worked for. Nick Wildrick and John Bachneyer, some of the best bosses I ever had. And they taught me so much about if I'm ever in a boss position, I want to be like these guys. It was truly about supporting their employees, um, even when that meant going different directions. And... I was with them for a couple years, but as any young man does, what do I want to do with my life? And that's when uh, I've always been very impacted by stories, movies, TVs, and how they've moved me and they've provoked me to thought um, or to escape uh, or to laughter. And so I was like, I want to tell stories. So I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be an actor. And I've never done theater or anything, right? So I quit my job. <laughs> And, uh, and I start doing student films, short films, whatever I can get in front of the camera with. I'm like, I got to make some mistakes. Let's go do some stuff. And so I call it my free internship. I moved back home and I would drive anywhere in the Southeast. I had a sleeping bag in the back of my car and I didn't care 
I, I actually on most of these shoots, I didn't have a place to sleep and I would just hope that someone would give me a couch or a piece of their floor. It didn't matter. I just wanted experience. And so after a year of that, I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. They have a great scene. And, um, and I started teaching some tennis lessons to pay the bills. I waited some tables. I do not like waiting tables. So that was when I got more into teaching tennis. Um, you know, I got on some shows, right? Like some of our, you know, if anybody has any teenage daughters out there, like the Vampire Diaries and stuff like that, you know, I got some little bit parts on some roles. But so I spent two years in Atlanta. I, I didn't, I didn't know that part. I, I mean, I have to mention that to my wife and daughter. Yeah, right. Vampire yeah. Diaries. I got, uh, I was, uh, I got eaten by a bunch of vampires. It was great. It was my first like real job. I remember I got it and I was so happy, and I was cool as a cucumber, right? And so I go to set. And they're like, you know, put me in my wardrobe, doing the makeup. I don't think I've ever been as beautiful as I was on the Vampire Diaries. And, um, and I'm cool, right? I'm like, I'm chill. And then we start walking to set, which was in the woods that day. And as I'm walking into the woods, all of a sudden, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> you know, they're spending like millions of dollars on this episode, multiple cameras, all these people running around. And I'm like, you know, and I'm like, I can't. I'm like, am I even going to remember like my line? You know, and um, I think my line was like, we don't want any trouble. And I could not remember it to save my life. And I'm like dying. Right. But I made it through. Anyway, so I was in Atlanta for two years. At that point, I, I also started coaching CrossFit, um, which, you know, I've always been big into fitness and sports and CrossFit. A lot of athletes get into it. And I found some guys that ended up being some of my best friends. And they taught me about this, this really cool thing called CrossFit. And I also became a CrossFit coach. So after two years in Atlanta, I moved to Los Angeles because that's where the industry is acting, right? So I move here. I find myself a CrossFit gym. I'm coaching. You know, I'm getting parts and, and some roles and stuff like that. But also I knew that I always wanted to direct as well because I like when you're an actor, you're really only in charge of one thing, your character. And I always thought it was interesting how the director, gosh, he's got access to the lighting and the whole crew and the actors. And he can play the actors off each other in certain ways. And I thought it was like, that's something I do want to explore one day. And I always thought it was going to be on like the third season of, of the TV show that I'm headlining. You know what I mean? And then uh, the TV show doesn't come around. So I started writing some shorts and I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go make a short. And I did. I got a buddy of mine to be the director of photography. Um, I got some friends of mine to be actors in it. And um, I went and directed this short. And I was like, I love it. It was, it was amazing. I love telling stories. I taught myself how to edit and do color. And I was like, there's, we're in such a wonderful day and age where there's really no excuse not to learn something. Like the technology and the resources that are available for free online, like it just involves some sweat. And you just have to just learn. And so I learned how to do that. And then I, I did a few more of those. And at the same time, I'm still coaching CrossFit, which was how I got to know Brandon, Brandon Edwards, you know, one of our, our major shareholders in Kicks, And he was one of the, uh, the owners of the gym that I was working at. And so I just knew him very kind of far away. Right. And, um, and so we're operating. I'm like, all right, cool. Time to make a movie. And so if you, uh, I think 2017 or 2018, I think is when we shot, but my father had passed away unexpectedly. And 
part of that process for me, looking back on it, was that father-son relationship has always been really important to me. And, and I think that goes back to even a lot of the coaches I've had. Like I've always, you know, I really appreciate figures in my life who, you know, want to help me grow and challenge me and push me. And my father was one of those people along with many coaches. So when my father passed, I really started exploring that father-son dynamic and what that relationship meant to me. Um, and I ended up writing a movie, a fictional movie. Um, and I ended up raising a little bit of money. And I shot it uh, in my hometown and Tobin Bell. I don't know, are you familiar with the Saw movies? You know, like Jigsaw, like, do you want to play a game? It's like the biggest horror franchise. Yeah. Wow. Well, that guy, right? And I got Tobin to be in the movie, who I love Tobin. And, um, and that movie was released in like 800 theaters, uh, I think in 2020, and, uh, which was really cool. So, and what was that called? Oh yeah, a father's legacy. It was called a father's legacy. I think you can find it on Amazon. You can find it pretty much anywhere you want to watch movies. But um, I think Amazon Prime. It's on. It was YouTube. But uh, I'm really proud of that movie. Really, really proud of it. And it was really fun. I mean, I was the boss on that movie. Not only did I raise the money, I directed it, I wrote it, I was also acting in it. Um, but it's it's utilizing it's teamwork, and it's utilizing and getting the best out of everyone no matter what their function is, whether that's someone who is just a, a production assistant or whether that's your director of photography or a fellow actor, it's how can we maximize everyone's abilities and maximize their strengths and help them with their weaknesses. Um, and I don't know if you know much about filmmaking, Wayne, but you talk about being in, a, in an oven. It is so difficult to make a film and I think even to make a good film, like you're just lucky, but it's so stressful. Um, there's the deadlines are very, very real. You can't get extra time or that costs more money. And so that's a wonderful manager experience um, while also having a vision that you're trying to carry out. And as the director, there's only one person that really has that vision. And you have to know what you can sacrifice of that vision and still get what you need out of it. Um, so, yeah. you know, Jason, this is, ama this is amazing. I mean, you talk about, you know, so many different parts and so many different things that are important to us at 76 Capital. A lot of the things that we want to touch on and, and bring out on our, on our 76 Capital Sports Leadership Show, you're talking about mentors and, and leaders and this idea, you know, and, and the vision of, of being able to make something happen like a, like a movie. And now, Let's talk about the vision of kits, kick sneakers, yeah, right? right. <laughs> where, like, where this will be. I mean, we one of the, we love to sort of talk about the the next next thing. When you really look at where kicks is today, and then you look out into the future, and you're going to make that. Maybe it's going to be a documentary, or maybe it's going to be a, a <laughs> whatever it is. Like, what what would this what will this look like in the future? We want to, you know, it, it's like. We want to be ambitious. The sneaker industry is is huge. I mean, I think it's it's projected to be almost at thirty billion. I think in the next couple of years. And for us, there's so many there's so many great companies out there that are doing a really good job in specific areas. Our goal is 
we see the used sneaker space and we want to climb that mountain and we want to plant our flag and we want to own it, period. Like right now, we're not, we're not worried about selling sweatpants. We're not worried about selling sports equipment. We want to sell the best damned used uh, clean sneakers experience that you can possibly have. And we want to be the resource for that, whether you buy from us or not. We want to turn into the knowledge base of even if you are going to buy from other people, what's the safest ways to do that? How do I know I'm getting a good deal? How do I know I'm getting the right product? Well, what if I want to sell my used sneakers? What's the best way to go about it? How do I get the most money or how do I get the less friction? We want to completely own the space and that's going to take some time, but those are our ambitions and we want to offer first and foremost, the absolute best customer experience that we can. Well, Jason, I love it. I love everything you had to say. Can't wait to see you later this year in LA and, and, and see how things have just continued to grow. And, you know, just once again, I think it would be helpful just to, to share with everyone on our 76 Cap Capital Leadership Show. So how can we how can we find Kick Sneakers? Absolutely. So first and foremost, please go check out our website, kicksneakers.com. That's K-Y-X sneakers.com. And that's where you'll see all of our current inventory. We're adding new shoes every day. Uh, but also follow us on socials. We're at kick sneakers on all the social media platforms. And we're always trying to interact with people, respond to comments and, and post some new shoes. And, um, and we're also doing, uh, if you've never heard of it, it's called network, which is a live streaming platform um, where people can sell sneakers and, and other collectibles and goods. And we do live shows on there and we do some auctions. So you can get some really good deals. Uh, so check us out on network as well. Well, it's been awesome. Thanks, Jason. Thanks to you. Uh, and uh, send best to, to your whole team. And uh, again, thanks for coming on our 76 Capital Sports Leadership Show. Thank you, Wayne. It was great.